Hello children and welcome back to the Friday special by the sweetness of Yiddishkeit. Where children from all over the world join together to enjoy our fascinating stories and even share their own ideas and have lots of fun together. Wow, is this really our 10th episode already? Wow, I'm enjoying this so much that I hardly realize how the time's flying. Anyway, good stuff is waiting ahead of us. So let's skip the introduction and hop aboard for our next show with Rebbe Mendel. I'd like to start off, children, with an interesting story that Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein told over. There was a chassan who was getting married. As you surely know, the food at a wedding is very expensive. It might cost 40 or even $50 a portion. Some people who don't have what to do with their money even spend as much as 100 or $150 for each portion. But also regular portions are not cheap at all. So how are they able to pay for the expensive catering? They put a large box at the entrance to the wedding hall with empty envelopes on top of it and the guests put in a nice letter along with some money, a big check or a nice amount of bills and this covers for the food that they are going to eat. This chassan was not a fair and decent guy. What did he do? In middle of the chassanah, after the chuppah went perfectly well and all the guests came already and put their big checks in the box. Suddenly, the police burst in and began sending everybody away. The participants tried arguing with the police officers that they will put up capsules and walls to separate the big crowd in the hall. But the police officers got angry and ordered everybody to evacuate the hall at once or else they will give them a very big fine. What did the guests find out later? This chassan was a smart aleck. He knew that the portions are expensive, and he also knew that all the money he will get in the envelopes will go for the catering. So he decided not to order any portions at all, besides for 10 or 20 portions only for the family. And after the chuppah, when he went to the yichud room, he himself probably called the police, because he wanted to gain the money for himself without having to pay for the catering. He called the police and said, Hello? There's a wedding here, and there are way more than 20 people. Come quick, it's a corona chasana. It's forbidden to have so many people participate at a wedding. Now those people who came to the chasana and have put already money in the box want to know. Are they allowed to cancel those checks that they gave as a present to the chasana? Can they force the chasana to give them back their money? What do you say, children? What should they do? So Rav Zilberstein said to them, It depends. If you know clearly that it was him who called the police, then you are allowed to cancel the checks and take back the money you gave as presents. If you want to make sure, then you can ask him for his phone for a moment and then see what were the chassan's latest calls. And if it was to the police, then you can force him to give you back your money. And now, children, I would like to tell you a story that Rabyanka Galinsky told over. And this story will teach us how much we gain from doing chesed with others. And anything you do for someone else comes back to you at the end. When Yidin were coming into Eretz Israel from all over the world after the Second World War, they found a terrible situation in Eretz Israel. The secular Zionists, the Chilonim, 
would take away the children of the new immigrants, the newcomers, and they would cut off their payas, take off their yarmulkes, and make them become non-religious just like themselves. But they had a tough time with the Yemenite children. They were very stubborn children and would not agree to become non-religious. So the Zionists would come behind the Yemenite children, holding big scissors in their hands, and just suddenly cut off their beautiful payas. Then they would start laughing cruelly. Ha ha! Those are ugly strings! Now you don't have them anymore and you look so much nicer! The Yemenite children would start crying bitterly. They would pick up their payas from the ground, kissing it and sobbing. We all know, children, that payas are beautiful. Two long and dangling payas are cool. There are signs that we are proud Jews, as the Yemenites used to call them, Simanim. But those Zionists were jealous of the from Yidin, and they learned from the Nazis how to make fun of and despise Yiddish Kinderlach. Many of those children that emigrated to Eretz Israel, especially orphans, were kidnapped and kept in special immigrant camps, far away from any town or city, because the Zionists didn't want anybody to know what they were doing to them there and what they were teaching them. They kept them in those camps that were surrounded with a barbed wire fence during the boiling hot summer days and through the freezing winter nights, giving them hardly a bit of black bread and water to satisfy their hunger. Any child who would not obey what he was told would get beaten up so badly that blood would start gushing from him. And if children were caught throwing over the fence little notes saying, Save us! My name is so-and-so. Get me out of here. Which happened often. Their counselors would punish them very severely and beat them up so badly that they would faint. The Chazanish wanted to save those poor children from the brutal hands of the secular Zionists. So he would send his students in the middle of the night to sneak into those camps and grab any boy they see. Then he would give those boys over to good families who would raise them in a warm house with good chinuch and send them to good haters and schools where they grew in Yerushalayim the, the way their parents raised them back in Yemen. When those brachim were caught while sneaking into the camps, the Zionists would beat them up before sending them away, warning them that they should not dare come back. The most important thing that the Chazanish was after and wanted his students to get their hands on was the list of names of children that were held in those camps. What did he need those lists for? When he had names of the children, then he would send an appeal to the government and claim responsibility for those kids. The Chazanish would write to the government, He's my cousin and I didn't know that you have him. You must give him back to me because I am supposed to take care of him. And this way, he would get them back and save them from becoming not religious. One time, in the middle of the night, students of the Chazanish went to the immigrant camp in Rosh Ha'ain. They started digging underneath the barbed wire fence that surrounded the camp. When the hole was big enough for a small person to squeeze himself through, they announced, Who wants to go under the fence? Everybody looked at each other. They were scared to do that, because if they were caught, they would get beaten up. But one of them was a very energetic boy and wasn't afraid. And besides, he was also the smallest there. Do you know who it was? 
It was none other than Rebyan Kaligalinsky. He was always small and short. He used to joke about himself when he got older and he would say, Don't worry, a day will come that I will be even taller than the Twin Towers. And this really came true 20 years ago when the Twin Towers crashed down to the ground and turned into dust. Anyway, he was the smallest guy in the camp and also the smartest. So he would be the one this time to push himself through and get some good work done. He started squeezing through the hole. He pushed himself, push and push. Until suddenly, he was caught. Hey, you! What are you doing there? Trying to sneak in, huh? Come here! We're gonna kill you! They started hitting him and pulling his face and then took him to the office. His friends hurried quickly and ran back to Bnebrak to the Chazanisha's house. They caught Yankala! The Zionists caught him! They yelled as they burst into the Chazanish's house. But the Chazanish did not get alarmed. He only smiled and said, Ha! Don't worry. They did not catch him. He caught them. They couldn't understand why the Chazanish was so calm, but they returned to Yeshiva. Later, Rabbi told them the entire story what happened to him in the camps. There, in the camps, he explained to his friends, I finally understood the meaning of the Pasuk. Send your kind deeds ahead because one day you will find it and it will come back to you. What happened was, young Yankala spoke with them only Yiddish, pretending not to be speaking any Hebrew. So after hitting him, they took him to the office and called in an official who knew Yiddish. This official was from Russia. And that's where he learned his Yiddish from. When the official walked in, Yankala looked in his eyes and recognized him. He remembered him from Russia. It happened at the end of the war, when there was a terrible hunger and nobody had anything to eat. And Yankala saw this officer, who was then just a simple guy, on the street. And his name was Joseph. This Joseph was crying, Oi, I'm so hungry! He was holding his stomach, looking for something to put in his mouth before he would lose consciousness and die of starvation. Yankala was sitting there, holding a big plate full of spaghetti in his hands. And this Joseph came over to him with tears in his eyes. I'm starving. Please give me something to eat. I'm going to die. He begged Yankala. Now don't you think, children, that it was so easy to give away food in those times? In Russia, after the war, there was almost no food, and whoever did not have what to eat would simply die of hunger. And I'm sure Yankala was hungry himself. Yet when he saw how poor Joseph was, he decided to give up his plate and handed it over to Joseph. Here, enjoy it, buddy. Eat it up. And Joseph gulped down the entire plate of spaghetti almost with one breath, not stopping to thank Yankala for his kind deed. This official back in the immigrant camps remembered the story very well and once he walked into the room he shut the door closed after him and said to Yankala The spaghetti you gave me then is still sitting in my mouth. You saved my life. How can I ever pay you back for that? Then he turned to Yankala and asked him Tell me now, huh? Where did you learn to be so kind? Who made you into such a good person? Yankala smiled at the official and said, 
I learned this in Yeshiva, in Avardak. There we were taught always to be kind to others and help them out. Finally, he leaned over to Yankala and asked him quietly, Well now, what can I do for you to pay you back? I owe you my life for that spaghetti. So how can I help you now? Just tell me what you want and I will do anything for you. Look here, Yankala began. I was sent here by the Chazanish and I need you to help me get a list of all the children that are held in this camp. So we should be able to appeal to the government and get them out of here. Can you do that for me? Can you give me such a list? The official's eyes grew big and his mouth dropped open. I can't do that. They'll send me to jail if I go in and get you a list. They will all see me doing it and they won't let me give it over to you. Yankala thought for a while. Finally, he came up with a great idea. You take me to the official who's in charge of this entire camp and tell him that you caught here a big fish, the most dangerous activist who tries kidnapping the children in the camp. Then tell him that you want to go around to all the tents in order to show me to all the kids and warn them to watch out of me and never come near me. Then you will take me around and I'll hold a pen and a notebook in my hand. And I'll write down the names of all the children here. And nobody will suspect anything. And you won't be fired or put in jail. Can you do that for me? Yankali concluded with a smile. Of course, Joseph agreed. And he took Yankali to the official in charge of the camp. And then took him all around to the tents. And Rabbi Yankali did not stop writing the names. Tiberi, Nahari, and so on. Until he had in his hands a long list of all 60 children who were held in the camp. At the end of this tour around the camp, the official, Joseph, sent Yankala away with a discreet smile under his mustache, warning him never to come back to the camp. Yankala took the list and ran to the Chazanish's house. I got it! I have the entire list! He told the Chazanish breathlessly. The Chazanish was very excited and sent an appeal to the Prime Minister Ben-Gurion, telling him, You must release those children that are written on this list and give them over to me immediately, or else we'll publicize the list in the entire world and tell everybody that you're keeping them for yourself. And Baruch Hashem, he had to let all those 60 kids out and give them over to the Chazanish. Finally, everybody understood what the Chazanish meant when he said that Yankala called them, not the other way around. But even more important than that, now we all understand how much a person gains from a chesed that he does for another person. Because kind deeds always come back to a person. And Hashem gives him all the good in this world and in Olam Haba. So let's have a sweet minute and thank Hashem for all the chesed we have this chesed to do to others because it ends up coming back to ourselves. Now dear children, would you like to share with us a story in which you were kind to others and helped somebody else and suddenly it turned around and benefited and helped you? Well then, please record yourself and tell us what your sweet kite is. And don't forget to mention your name, your age and where you come from. Then ask an adult to email it to thesweetkite at gmail.com. T-H-E-S-W-E-E-T-K-E-I-T at gmail.com or WhatsApp to 
5832399909 and we'll make sure to play it on our next podcast. See you all on our next show. This podcast is brought to you by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit. For comments, sponsorships, and more, please contact us at thesweetkeit at gmail.com. The Sweetness of Yiddishkeit can be found on Torah Anytime, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. To listen to The Sweetness of Yiddishkeit on the phone, please call our Israeli number 0765-980-394. From anywhere outside of Israel, First, insert the Israeli area code. That's 972-765-980-394. Thank you for joining in and have a wonderful Shabbos.